It's the AA Show. All apologies, showman. For January 18th, 2023. How goes it, y'all? How y'all doing? You know what? I, I apologize for that intro. You know, but it, it, it was just not the good intro. You know what? Maybe we should rename this show from AA to WW as a Wasted Wednesday show. I don't drink anymore, but it's it's good to reminisce about drinking. You know, I apologize. Oh, wait. I might get trouble with the... Watch my face. The Weight Watchers. Uh, I'm recording. <laughs> Fuck me. It's not even Weight Watchers anymore. It's Dub Dub, you know? They're like Buffalo Wild Wings or some shit. But anyways, um, I'm recording this way, way, way too late. On, a, on the release day, on a Wednesday morning. Actually, a Wednesday lunchtime to be exact. Uh, a lot's been happening as we enter the new year. The least new year, feel like a new year that I've been through, you know. Um, and about so why did I call this a chief apology? Uh, chief apology, the all apology show with the Nirvana song playing in the intro. That's right. I thought of the song before I edited the show. Well, as of this morning, the January eighteenth, two thousand twenty-three, the rumors are true. Microsoft has laid off ten thousand people. 10,000 people, but, you know, this is on top of all the existing layoffs that's been happening. You know, Amazon, that kind of leaked online. You know, they said it was going to be 10,000, and then somebody leaked it saying it was 18,000. <clears> Some HR department within the Amazon, the world's greatest employer, according to LinkedIn. You know, go check it out. And then uh, 18,000, which is not a small number. given. Uh, and then that includes all the engineers, not just the fulfillment centers, not warehouse, excuse me. Uh, people, ten thousand. I heard Microsoft. That's like they said. I think it was like what five percent of the employees or something. So uh, CNBC just had an article come out on the day of this episode. Microsoft ten thousand. Amazon eighteen thousand. Alphabet, verily two hundred thirty. Crypto.com five hundred. Coinbase two thousand. Salesforce seven thousand. Meta eleven thousand. Twitter thirty seven hundred. Lyft seven hundred. Stripe one thousand one hundred. Shopify one thousand. Netflix four fifty. Snap, 1,000, Robinhood, 1,100, and finally, Tesla, 6,000. So, just the tech sector is like 60,000 laid off, you know, over the last year or so. And then the one common, th- and then not to mention all these, like, smaller companies and other mid-size, you know, other firms that's been laying off people, given the uh, rise of the interest rates. And then also, oh, God, we overhired during the uh, pandemic in 2020, 2021. Leading to this whatever mass, whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, the reasons aside, the economic factors aside, which is obvious, which is you have no free money. You're getting no free money from investors and all that anymore. And tech sector got awfully, awfully, you know, ravaged in the last year and a half or so, last year especially. Um, but, you know, a cheap interest rate means you can keep refinancing your fucking home over and over. And especially for tech companies, you can just write off all the R&D expenses as an R&D, which is how Amazon ended up not paying that much tax at the end of the day every corporate fiscal year. So, you know, that's the reason of it. So, uh, yeah, I go, I have friends that are getting laid off. Hey, am I going to be a subject to it? Although I'm not in any of these big firms anymore, you know. I just kind of also go like, it's not like, oh, wait, I'll say for those that are out there, you know, it sucks. Breakup sucks. I look at work like going out on a date or relationship at this point. The only difference is professionalism and then what matters more. One way is more personally than the other. Look, man, work's a work. You know, I've come to that. Maybe I'm getting old. I found five gray hair, you know, yesterday 
I think three of them are mutant hair that are just coming up. The fact is, I you know, I'm getting older. I'm not. I'm halfway to seventy. God damn it, you know. <laughs> I'm about what is it? Thirty three years away from being able to check out. Uh, thirty three years? No, less than that. 30, less than thirty years away from uh, being able to pull out of my IRA on four one. Okay, so I'm like, goddamn, bro. So, anyways, and then I started working, you know, at the end of the last downturn, the 08 recession, housing market bust, and then, you know, you know how bad it was 2009 to 2012, you know, I, this is one of the factors that I decided to do master, it's a bit of a personal, you know, sidetrack here, the reason that I, I didn't go right into the workplace was, first of all, I, have, I was a bit of a late bloomer in the uh, university education, as in, look, I was just... I, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing fucking around in my undergrad for about a, two years or so. And then I caught the wind of like, oh, what's important and how to kind of prioritize and really adult myself into my third and fourth year of college. And I started actually enjoying, you know, college life and education. And when that was starting, it was like I came out of Berkeley summer classes making up for eight credits. That's when the whole this downturn thing happened. 08 election. Remember when John McCain almost ditched the debate and campaign tour to save America? That nonsense that John McCain was pulling. I got to go back to the Capitol. Great veteran. Prisoner of war. Trump is unfair for criticizing him for it. But you know what? You get the idea. And 09 summer was just before I graduated in 010, like 2010. It was, it was pretty bad that like all the internships got canceled. That was a real downsizing, like, happening real time. And I was not ready to start working, no less I'd be a very competitive, attractive, like, employee, given my GPA at the time for, like, playing from behind, catch up after the first two years. And I just wasn't ready. So I decided to go pursue master's, and I finished by December 2011. And then, to be honest, like, a semester into my master's at CU, go Buffs, um, I said, I, I want to start working. I'm done with this academic, you know, nonsense. So I worked my ass off to finish my master's in 15 months. Then I entered the workforce in 2012, January, you know, exactly 11 years ago. And at the time I got my, uh, work visa H1B, you know, which right now is like so behind thanks to the Trump policies and also the pandemic just put all the immigration application all behind not just the work visas and everything the paperwork but also the number of applicants applying for visas greatly reduced from like 20 2009 to like 2012 I think it really recovered to the full quota like 2013 2014 um and then I just like breeze into getting an h1b in 2012 you know at the end of 2012 basically uh yeah 2012 April, that's when that closed. So, 10 years later, and then the the economy recovered. We had this, like, ridiculous, most historic run possible in the market, and then that kind of stalled over the last year or so. But the main factor to that is uh, interest rates has, has finally gone up, to be honest, in some sort of a historic average before the 2010s into, like, 5 6%. You know, your parents got got the damn mortgage at that rate, which is at that cons- time considered historic lows. But, you know, I grew up adulting in one, two, three percent. So when the mortgage rate goes more than the double last year to like at one point, like seven, six point eight percent for a 30 year mortgage loan, you know, and not to factor in all the inflated 
prices, that inflated starting point, really, that has really been a problem the last decade. And, and, and you're shit out of luck. So I get it. But back to the layoff side of things. I'm going into the sideways here. Look, the difference between then and now, I feel like there are a lot of, I keep saying this, there are a lot of places that are still hiring. The job numbers are still strong. And even for those laid off and all these big firms, Amazon, Microsoft, Googles, you'll find it if you look at it at the right places. Not everybody can play for the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox and the fucking New York Rangers all the time. Sometimes somebody has to go play for the Florida Panthers, Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm picking out the Florida teams. <laughs> or even the Seattle Mariners. God damn it, Amazon people. Look at Seattle. Look at the Mariners. Are the Mariners the fucking Amazon of the MLB? Fuck no. Is Ken Griffey Jr.'s career any worse because he played for two mid-tier market teams, Seattle Mariners and the Cincinnati Reds? Is Ken Griffey Jr. Unless I have a Hall of Famer, just because he didn't play for the traditional name, like the St. Louis Cardinals or the Chicago Cubs that Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa did, you know, all that they juiced. Um, that's my point. If you look around the right places at the, with the right expectation, there's a plenty of jobs out there, so don't worry. You know, just hang in there, keep your resume up, but think of it as dating. You cannot, it's like you're da- online dating and then, Trying to find the perfect job, you know, be judicious also because people don't realize that as much as you're interviewing for a job, you're in, you're interviewing the company. The company is interviewing you, but especially, you know, at the smaller firms like startups or s- small to mid-sized places, you know, company in the hundreds or like a couple thousand at most, they're looking for that talent that all they couldn't compete to get. It's like it, the time is much better than, in my opinion, it was 10 years ago. Are you going to make that ridiculous RSUs and stock money? IPO market don't look good for the next, you know, half decade or so in my view. But, you know, but that's the reality of it. Free money era is gone. And these companies it, cannot raise it that way anymore. And then it got funneled down. But at the same time, the skill gap and then the need for filling these jobs at a high skill positions is still in great demand, which is unparalleled compared to like 08, 09, and then even early 2000s in my view. And a lot of people also saved a lot of money from all the money printing we did the last decade, which means, hey, if you really dig deep and then want to invest your own money to start your own thing, go ahead. I think it's a good time to kind of recalibrate and do that too. If you have the flexibility, no dependents, no offspring, none of those like other commitments that you have to pay and then can eat up your own health insurance, at least in America, Go for it. You know, the opportunities are out there. That would be my advice. Now, I want to dedicate the rest of this yeah, half of the episode, the second half of this episode, to those that made the decision to fire these people. Because, you know, there are more layoffs that's going to come, more firing that's definitely going to come. You know, and then this, I guess it's, this is a spiritual, spiritual, you know, sequel to the episode 137 ceos chief equality officers question mark and i talked about the fucking you know the ceo of mcdonald's at the time sleeping with his like sub and i'm like why the fuck do people keep doing this you know and then i go they're all, they're all people and people but also like it's a front it's a marketing gimmick and it's a hard job as a ceo i get it what i noticed over the last six months or so when this like layoff's been happening and then other people have been pointing this out 
whether it's Los Angeles Times, Fortune Magazine, yada, 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 Insider, Business Insider, it's like everybody starts apologizing to existing employees and to the world. And, you know, it's for internal announcement, but obviously it gets leaked. But you know that these people are writing these apology pieces that served as internal, hey, I fucked up. But also, like, you know it's going to get leaked, so it would, I guess, show some vulnerability and human side of it. While I applaud that effort, it's, it's, it's an awful amount of virtue signaling and ridiculousness that I do not understand. Like, I'll just read off of the LA Times article here. When Meta, you know, cut 11,000 jobs last year, Zuckerberg, you know, took the em- empathy management approach, you know, for his poor decision. And then I'm going to provide all the support for the affected workers. And, you know, if you read all, you know, online, oh, it's a very generous 16-week, you know, severance package, blah, blah, blah. But not everyone gets fucking 16 weeks on there. You know that shit. I know this is tough for everyone. And especially, I'm sorry to those impacted. Okay. Is this empathetic? I know you're trying. But, like, what the fuck? Sam Bankman freed fucking FTX. That's a complete fraud, more and more in looking like day to day, but he just goes on Twitter and says, Hey, at the end of the day, I was a CEO, which means, which means I was responsible for making sure that things went well. I ultimately should have been on top of everything. I clearly failed at that, in that. I'm sorry. And he tweeted way earlier, he said, I fucked up. I go, no, no, no. Like... What the fuck is apology going to solve for all the creditors that you got to pay back? Apology don't equal to a fucking money right now for the financial loss that it took. More apologies. I think Twitter once it went over to Elon Musk and then fucking Jack Dorsey started apologizing. Our pre- handsome boy, Jack, you know, he apologizes. I failed and all that shit. And I go, well, and then he blames a board yet kind of supports Elon. I just go like, get, get off your grandiose horse shit. In July, Shopify CEO Toby Toby Lucky fell on his sword, sending that he wrongly assumed the pandemic era online shopping f- frothiness would continue. Quote, it's now clear that the bet didn't pay off. What we see now is the mix of reverting to roughly where pre-COVID data would have suggested it should have been at this point. Still growing steadily, but it wasn't a meaningful five-year leap ahead. Ultimately, placing this bet was my call to make, and I got this wrong. Wayfair CEO. Wayfair, you will shop on that shit. You know, give you a lot of discount. Where do you think that money goes? Oh, the fired people. Quote, we were seeing the tailwinds of the pandemic accelerate the adoption of e-commerce shopping, and I personally pushed hard to hire a strong team to support that growth, unquote. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Well, quote, this year, that growth has not materialized as we had anticipated. Our team is too large for the environment we're now in. And ultimately, we need to adjust, unquote. And let's not forget the crying and crying CEO. I, this guy popped up on LinkedIn. I deactivated for a little bit. Uh, the marketing company on Columbus, Hypersocial, you know, it wrote some guilt-ridden post, it says on here. And I saw it. I go, what the fuck is this? He's teary-eyed and took a selfie. And then he go, it, it was a rough day. But I'm not going to go read the rest of this shit. And then like, you know, there are a bunch of other cases here. How do you write apology piece? I just go, you know what? Your apology, your apology ain't shit. 
this is where I just go like, your job. Why aren't you paying the fucking price? Tim Cook and Apple, they don't fire people. They're not gonna hire people. So it's a sort of a silent. You know, people say like, uh, what was it? The quiet quitting. So essentially, what there is quiet, like not hiring, quiet freeze. That's what they're doing. And there's like, oh, they, he took a forty percent pay cut. But I'm like, forty percent of what? Hundred million to like. 60 million that's still an astronomical amount you know ceo to median worker you know the income ratio was like what 35 to 1 in the 70s and it went up to like 400 to 1 at some point 300 to 1 at some point and yes inflation is probably rising that median pay a little bit but it's still a fucking chunk change to the rest of these motherfuckers the rest of these motherfuckers as in the big company you know ceos and I know it's a tough job, but what, who gave this idea that the apology is going to make it feel any better? In fact, the apology is making it worse. Like, you feel sorry? You feel sorry that I, like, I got mortgages to pay. I got kids to feed. You know, you're giving me maybe a month to four month medical benefits. What, what does that even mean? I'm fucking shit out of luck for a quarter at least, you know? I apologize, we overhired. Well, you probably need to talk to a bunch of middle managers who said we need to hire fucking more. And yeah, it sucks. A lot of people are overworked and we try to support that system also. But I just go like, why, why is a worst case scenario not fucking in play? In any of these projections, like the I I like the fact that Shopify said we had a five-year growth. We projected. Well, what was the worst-case scenario? I'm assuming the worst-case scenario was also like, well, fuck it, we'll see when we get there, or a projection meter wasn't so bad. Which goes with this like awful toxic optimism and positivity people always think of. Maybe because I'm Asian, I always think of the worst every fucking time. But I just go like, what if this shit goes out of luck? We gotta let people go, right? Because, to be honest, that's the easiest answer to save cost. Cutting people. Because if you don't just look at your salary plus whatever your stock unit, paper money in my view, what, how much it gets spent on you as an individual employee is like probably three times what you're making in total, including in your cash, Right? Because you got to include the benefits. You got to include any facility IT asset use. You got to include all your network consumption that you're paying for. And probably all those Zoom, Google Meet, Teams, Microsoft, Office 365 fees, cloud storage. You know, all that maintenance work. So you're looking at per head, probably for a high-skill tech worker, minimum half million dollars a head of cost that you're saving. So there the easiest solution to cut is that, is like cut people. And apology, like apology is going to make it any better, you know, especially for those that are let go, but also that are staying there. It's like, what are you apologizing to me for? The only people that would accept the apology are exact same toxic ass motherfucking assholes who would fucking suck a dick, you know, suck up, and then like, Climbing that fucking ladder. And you know what? If you play the politics that way, you're fucking great. 
But I just go like, this is a fruitless exercise. This is so stupid. I think the closest apology that I appreciate the transparency of is Shopify. But I also question then like, what kind of fucking leader are you? Actually, all of these apologies, I question the leadership. Why are you the CEO? Why are you making that like gazillion over in these bigger firms? I don't understand. If you're in a much smaller place and make this mistake, sure, it can happen. Like, because I just go like, you're not at the corporate ladder history scale, you know, to climb that and make, I don't expect you to be experienced and be perfect. But all these bigger places, I apologize. I don't want smaller and mid-sized firms looking at this, learning it, and just cascade down as like, this is how transparency and ownership looks like. No, you, you got yourself, you're in that position to bite the bullet. I want you to just bite the fucking bullet. You fucked up. You let this decision go through. You aren't even paying for it. It's like the Dana White excuse. You know, Dana White, the president of UFC, you know, slapped his wife, caught on video, Ray Rice style, or she grabbed his wrist first. Don't fucking matter. It's the same fucking guy that said, oh, like, there's no excuse for putting hands on women to his UFC fighters that are not employees. And he goes, his excuse, in my view, which is a, which is ludicrous, is, hey, I fucked up, but, you know, I have to live with this the rest of my life. That's how these CEOs fucking sound. I have to live with the fact that I have to fire 5% of our employees while I make gazillion multiples of the money that these people are making. I get to feed my kids. That's, it's a Dana White excuse. Dana White. Dana White, everybody. CEO of the fucking world. So that's why I go like, what's the other acronym that I have for CEOs in large firms? I'm going to preface it there. Are they chief equality, equality quote-unquote, officers? Not at, at this point, those are just chief excuse officers. It's ridiculous. It's a meaningless excuse that just like gets me angry even more. If you think about it, how outrageous that is. You could have just let it go without saying anything, but you had to feel like you had to say something. You know what would be more meaningful? Record yourself in a fucking town hall, getting hounded with tough questions, not filtered shit, through your secretary's EA's excuse me, excuse me, or chief of staff, and then like, get some fucking poppycock, fucking cotton candy, easy puff question. I want to see that video leak. I want someone to do that. That's why that uh, fucking better, better.com mortgage thing with that video on a Zoom, that was fucking hilarious. This is going to tough for me to say this. Buddy, is it? Sounds like you've done it before. But anyways, I'm going to leave it there. Went a little over time, but I, I apologize. You know, it's an, and it's an all-apology show. I, I apologize that I didn't project the growth of this minute of this episode at the same projection level that I anticipated, you know, with this downturn. We went back to the pre-COVID pandemic level of an episode recording, which we used to go 40 minutes. <laughs> anyways, what do you think? Email me at aa-o.outlook.com. Email me at aa-o.outlook.com. And then uh, have a great rest of the week. And then uh, we'll see you next week. Oh, early. Happy uh, Chinese New Year. Kong Fat Choi. But I don't think that was the right. That, that might have been Cantonese. Anyways, see you.